Welcome to the Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. This week, I welcome in the tour junkies, two guys, David and Pat from Georgia, that are very good at fantasy golf and even better at having a good time around the game of golf. Terrific conversation, fun, entertaining, informative. Enjoy the Stripe Show Podcast with the tour junkies. All right, let's bring them in hot. They're on their lunch break. They've got real jobs, folks. Dave Barnett and Pat Perry, he put them together. They're known as the Tour Junkies. Welcome to the Stripe Show podcast, guys. So excited to be here, man. It's been a dream of ours for quite a long time. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Very long time. Cannot cannot wait yeah. to yeah. Uh, talk you to got, you, Travis. You guys sound excited. Oh, we're thrilled, man. We yeah. really are. We're excited. But, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so are... For our listeners here, you guys, both of you guys, uh, born and raised in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, they got a golf course there, I believe. It's called uh, Augusta National. Um, you oh, guys I, grew I, up. I thought you were talking about Forest Hills. My bad. Forest I, Hills is another good one. You guys grew up going to Forest Hills, going to the Masters. In fact, Dave, if I understand it correctly, didn't you caddy there for a little bit? I did. I caddied there for two years in college, part time, while I was, uh, you know, working on my 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 bachelor's degree. That took uh, about five and a half years. It was a great time. Really thoroughly enjoyed it, man. It was an incredible experience. Pat, you ever carry anybody's bag? No, uh, of course, of course not, Travis. <laughs> I mean, my own bag. My own bag. Uh, I was back in the day, and I used to walk. You know. Pat, <laughs> yeah. Pat, cart path, cart path only. Are you playing? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> that is a good question. Yeah, I'm playing. You're playing? I, I'm playing. Probably because it's such a rare occurrence when I'm out there anyway that I'm just I'm just going to. He's playing and he is pissed off about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I can see it. We've played golf together, but I, I can see him. We've had good weather, I think, each time. But I, I can see Pat hanging back and just like, you know, playing yeah. on a cell phone while we played golf, Dave. Yeah, 100%. So, Are we, so uh, the last, actually the last nine holes I played was this past Saturday, and it was cart path only. And um, I'm not going to mention the club, but I may or may not have broken that rule. Oh, a few times. Uh, okay. Well, that's always another option, right? You play and then it you seemed just... it seemed quite dry. To OK, me. so if I, if I were making the decision, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it cart path. Only. <laughs> well, the Masters, guys, it's it's right around the corner. I mean, it's hard to believe. But, uh, you know, we go players in March, as you guys know, and then uh, and then Augusta right there at the beginning of April. So. You know, give me some early handicapping. This is what you guys do. Uh, is this the year that Rory completes the Grand Slam, or do you got someone else? Hmm. Pat, you know, it's always a challenge for me, Travis, to let Pat talk. So I'm going to let Pat go first on okay. this one, and then I'll I'll bring you up the rear. So go ahead, buddy. Well, I'll start off with saying that I, I have said from the start of this year uh, for 2020. Not let's not. I'm not counting the falls swing or any of that kind of stuff. That I think Justin Thomas, this is going to be his best year on tour. He's obviously already won at the Tournament of Champions. And so I think I think this is going to be a big year for him. I would probably definitely bet some money on him for the Masters. Um, I don't have the odds in front of me. David's probably pulling I've them got right him. Now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, David's job, was, you know, he, he can pull up things like that. I, me working for a financial institution, it's not readily available. 
uh, you may have the the JT odds there. Yeah, uh, he is uh, he is currently sixteen to one on yeah, our like easy it. bookie website. I like I it. like that. Now I'll say a long shot who has won recently that I do like as well with a lot of history at the Masters. He's had some good performances. Lee Westwood, yeah, I think is is an interesting play. I believe he's like one twenty five to one still, even though well, just- no, no, uh, I. I bet Lee Westwood about three months ago at one twenty-five to one, and now after his victory, he is now eighty to one. Eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, obviously, Tiger is going to be the favorite going in. I would imagine. Yep. Um, and it, that's hard to argue. I mean, I yep. think Tiger is now back to literally showing up in the field when he's playing, and he's probably the the best golfer there, and going to be the favorite anytime he's in the field. So uh, it's come full circle. He's, he's, he is definitely back. Talk to me, David. Talk, to you me. know, here's the thing. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty world renowned for my sports betting, golf betting, handicapping. And, and I, <laughs> I'm renowned for one thing and that is not betting the short, the short odds guys. Like if I, if I want to sweat, you know, 13 to one, I'll, I'll bet on three NFL games and parlay. I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, Golf is the most variable game on the planet, and any given day, at any given time, on any given tournament, somebody can jump up and win, and you can hit a big one. And it's just fun to sweat those kind of those kind of bets. Also, I'm poor, so the units that I'm betting are probably smaller uh, than maybe some big betters that may be listening here to the Stripe Show. Uh, so I like going out. I, I'm I'm known for my DBs, big balls. If I were gonna give you a few longer shots here uh, at Augusta National that I think could be interesting. Um, now, obviously, Augusta is such a stacked field, and and it's the the, the major everybody wants, right? Um, so it's the cream's going to rise to the top. But I think Louis Oosthuizen, who's playing really well right now on the European Tour, if you're paying attention, he always plays Augusta well. But he's in good form right now. I, I would say arguably better form now than he's been this time of year. A lot of years previous, he's at fifty to one. Uh, I think he's an interesting number. Um, if I if I want to go deeper. Um, I think that, uh, I know he's kind of a Homer pick, but I think, I think Charles Howell at 150 to one is is an interesting long shot. He's a local boy. I know he, I know he relishes the, uh, ability to play this golf tournament, uh, in a home to, in his hometown like this, uh, at Augusta national. I think he's interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. I mean, yeah, I could go up and say, I like Xander here. I like Justin Thomas. I agree with Pat. I think JT's gonna have a big year. Um, I like Xander Shawfly. I like Patrick Cantlay at twenty-eight to one, but I, I'm not. I don't have any fun sweating at twenty-eight to one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give me, give me something to get some blood right. flowing. Go to the one fifty, right? You know, I. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think JT. I, I'm bullish on JT. Um, I have been now. Really, I'm gonna take a little credit here for the last two to three Go years. Go ahead. It's your show. Um, yeah. You know, I was on a radio show one time. His name was Hank Haney. You may have heard of him. Uh, mm-hmm. He he asked me two years ago, he says, if you had to take JT or Spieth right now for the rest of your career, who would you take? I said, JT. Ooh. I said, Ooh. JT. This was even, this was before Spieth's decline. I just think the trajectory of JT right now is so good. And it has been. We've been overlooking him um, for two years. And the second guy I'm bullish on and have been is Rom. This kid. Yeah, this kid's coming, man. He he's learning patience. Uh, he's not as hot under the collar. You know, he's always going to be. But he, he he showed a lot. He showed me a lot on Sunday, you know, five under down the last five after a tough start. Um, yeah. And I like Xander, too. I mean, 
looking at the I think the one that I think we're on a different odds page. The one that surprises me is Spieth. What do you have, Matt? They're showing twenty to one on this site that I'm looking at. Uh, I got him twenty eight to one right you now. Twenty eight even. I, I'd have a hard time betting that. I mean, he's showing me nothing. I know. It, I, mean, nah, I know yeah. you can spray it a little bit at Augusta, but good grief! I mean, I, he's he's fallen out of the top fifty for the first time. So, it gosh, it's you know. I got, I got to tell you, I've been thinking about it, but, but hearing you guys make your bets, I'm starting to get kind of the pretty excited here. Uh, Masters is, is right around the corner. Oh, it's the best week of the year. It really is. Now, let's transition here for a minute into what you guys do. I, you know, this is a part-time gig for you guys, but you're very good at it. I mean, I've been following your guys' career for a long time. The whole idea of fantasy golf and, and betting on golf is nothing new to you guys. You guys have been doing this. You've been ahead of the curve, really, for the industry now um, for a long time. And I think I heard Kisner say, Kevin Kisner one time say, quote, this ain't no hobby, right? <laughs> he said, this, yeah. this ain't no hobby. You guys put the time into that. I mean, when did you guys, like, really start to focus in on this and say, hey, you know what? We're pretty good at this. We'll start a podcast and, uh, and start helping people make some money. Um, well, you know, first of all, it used to be a part-time deal. It's, it's become more of a a full-time deal, but it's our second full-time job. (laughs) Yeah, correct. Uh, we've, we've definitely, we've maintained our, our, our regular day jobs, but the tour junkies has grown. We we've been, uh, blessed to, to do a lot of cool stuff. And so it's, it's a lot of work, but we absolutely love it. We have a great time with it. Uh, you know, one one little known fact about the tour junkies is a lot of people think me and Pat have known each other for decades, mm. and because uh, we, we fight like brothers, and um, but we've actually only we we first met in January of 2015, and uh, we were working together, and um, DraftKings had just started doing PJ Tour contests. And we both were playing kind of on our own without knowing. And, uh, we, you know, Pat would come into my office trying, you know, trying not to work. And we would just talk about the PGA Tour. And we would uh, we, we found out both of us really like fantasy football. And we had done that for a long time. And uh, at the time, there were really two or three, maybe three podcasts on all of on all of iTunes that talked about daily fantasy golf. And uh one of them was pretty good and the other two were absolutely terrible. They were informative, but they were very boring and they were tough to listen to. But yeah. me and Pat would still, you know, we'd, we'd listen to them and we'd make picks. And then, you know, a couple of weeks would go by and we'd start talking every Monday in my office about, you know, who you like, who you don't like. Did you listen to this podcast? What they said about this guy? You know, what do you think about the course? And um, after, after a few weeks of that, you know, Pat, Pat had the idea. I got to give him credit. I think it was the best idea he's ever had. And I think it's probably the last idea he ever had. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he said, uh, Hey, uh, what if we started a podcast? You know, we're talking about it every Monday. What if, what if we do that? Why, why couldn't we do that? And, and this was, this was five years ago, Travis, yeah. like podcast has absolutely exploded. It has yeah. boomed. I mean, now there are there are probably 30 fantasy golf podcasts that we know about and probably another 20 that we don't. Mm-hmm. And then just think about how many podcasts have flooded into the space in the last five years. Yeah. We didn't have a clue. I was like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to do this. So we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we practiced actually, which is something a lot of people don't do when they start a podcast. Now we practiced. 
for about 12 weeks. Um, we have some weird stories about that time. It was a, it was a very odd, odd time in our lives. We would have an hour and a half long conversation with each other every Monday night, record it, edit it, and then not let anybody hear it except for the two of us. <laughs> what, um, what was that app that we used? It, yeah. <laughs> We use an app called Tape a Call. Tape-a-call, it was a call. That's right. It was a ten dollar app in the in the iTunes store that would allow you to, to basically illegally tape a phone call if you wanted to. Like but anyway, we would tape the conversation, and this Travis, you, we would end the conversation. It would look like it was recording the whole time. You would go to to download the 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 file, and it would just crash. And Worst you'd go, feeling ever. Worst and then, feeling. We would yeah, redo it afterwards. We would redo it because <laughs> we were trying to figure it out. We were trying to figure out, you know, who's going to host, what's the flow, you know, what are we, what are the words that we fill our, our, you know, our ums and our, you knows and all that crap uh, that we're probably still not any better at now. But I'll tell you what was really insane is our wives knew about this and mm-hmm. they're like, wait a minute, you guys are doing this for how long? So anyway, we started five years ago. Our first episode that we actually published was in September of 2015. So we just came around. We're like four and a half years of actually letting the public hear. And we've done an episode every single PGA Tour or Worldwide Tour event uh, ever since. Wow. Pat, when when's the last time you wanted to punch David in the face? <laughs> uh, oh. Three minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when uh, yeah, like, yeah, that happens almost almost daily. Definitely last week when we were at the PGA show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. don't I don't particularly move at the speed that DB DB would like me to move at. And are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Are we supposed to cuss? <laughs> you can or do no? whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> so so I am uh, so yeah it, it's yeah it's that, well, that, it's it's on a, it's. It's regularly. It's it a regular. Like. Yeah, it's a regular type thing. Now, yeah. have I ever touched them? No, yeah. I don't think. So. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think. I the 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 feeling is very mutual, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I will I will tell you that. Yeah, despite <laughs> d- despite I mean I, we do fight like a married couple, and it's very real. Like people think it's it's fake, and it's really not. But yeah, it's a great thing about about men and relationships, right? We can be honest with each other, candid. It doesn't get catty. It doesn't get you know we don't do crap behind our backs, but. Um, you- well, you yeah. were David. You were already you were already on his ass before we came on air about <laughs> you know a couple of trivial uh, things and and yeah. Pat, Pat, to your credit, you just kind of sat there and took it, which you know <laughs> leads me to le- leads me to think that you were either on mute or having a drink or both. <laughs> uh. Well. And, and speaking of that, that's the one fun thing about our our podcast is, uh, is is definitely having a few drinks while we're doing it. If you can only imagine, um, you know, when we had to like redo a podcast after it crashed, like oh. like then how that sounded because I had already been you know drinking for an hour and a half or whatever. Um, a funny story too that I this is early on in the in the podcast days. We actually so we don't we don't get to come on as guests like we are right now <laughs> too often. So a few years uh, ago, we came on as guests on a on a golf <laughs> podcast that's, that actually is no longer, I believe. And um, but they wanted to record pretty late, and it was actually I think it was after ours, David, or maybe it was <laughs> a different night. But they didn't oh, start man. till like eleven o'clock, and of course oh, wow. I'm, I mean, a bottle and a half of rosé deep probably. <laughs> And we get to the very end, and I mean, DB knows you could probably tell the story better at uh, the end because I had passed out at the end of the podcast <laughs> while they are still recording. Uh, 
Well, um, th- that story. Anybody that's that hosts a podcast out there that has ever had that happen, I might have been like a trailblazer when it comes to yeah. passing out as a guest on somebody's <laughs> podcast. Well, and let me just say, Travis, th- this was the deal. There was like four of us on the show on the line. We're calling yeah. in like we are now. Pat had his ear, his uh, his his you know earbuds in with the cord, right? Yeah, and and so all of a sudden like we're talking and I, I start to think like man pat has a setting thing in a, in a few minutes it's kind of quiet and then as we're talking me and the other guys i hear <laughs> <laughs> and 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 at first i'm like is that something in my headphones and i hear it again i'm like I'm like guys you guys does anybody else hear that and you're like yeah what what is that and then we hear it again i said y'all i said pat and he didn't respond pat pat he didn't respond and we're like i said that's that's pat snoring on the phone he's passed out and we are your guests so congratulations <laughs> on that um we they they ended up leaving it in the podcast it was one of the funniest things you've ever heard uh and what's also funny the guy that edited it told me that he had to sit around and wait after it was one of these things where like you had to all hang up and then the the file would start to process and download right. well the three of us hung up but pat was still asleep <laughs> until like 20 minutes later he realized that, that the phone call had ended when he woke up and he had to hang up and then the guy could download the file <laughs> Oh man, lots of uh, lots of lessons to be learned from that. Well, One just don't have us as guests that late at night. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. I'm going to move this one along to keep your interest, Pat, so you don't start snoring. <laughs> uh, let's Let's get into some some things you're good at here, which is, uh, some, mm-hmm. some picks let's, let's project here a little bit for 2020. Um, we're filming that we're, we're recording this podcast right now. Waste management Phoenix open coming up great time out there in the desert, but let's look at 2020 in general, who has the better year ready for these head to head matchups. Who let's has the better year? Pat, I'll start with you. Tiger versus Rory. Uh, I'll go tiger for sure. Oof. Well, wow. I guess that, I guess that depends on what you qualify as a better year. I mean, I, I think Rory is – he is that boy is primed and ready to go. He's got the Brooks battle going. you got um, – I, I think Rory's a, a no-brainer here to have a better year. I think Tiger's going to have a great year. He's just not going to play in many events. He's not going to give himself as many opportunities to do what Rory can do. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll go with uh, the winner on this one will be Dave. David, Thank you, you win. Thank you. Okay. Rory, doesn't it just – doesn't it just – feel like with Rory like it's just all about getting his attention you know I mean when you have yeah. his intention and he's 100% focused on the task at hand he's the best player in the world and he just he seems engaged right now everything is uh he is does lined up. Yeah. And man when he gets it going uh, there's no one that makes the game look easier than than Rory I mean like that that guy can go Oh, I love watching Roy. And I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong just by my answer there as Tiger. I, I do think Tiger does have a little bit better year, but I love Rory as, as well. I mean, and you're right when he's on. I just don't think there's anybody better. And 
all parts of his game are great, but I just it watching him hit a driver. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's erotic. I love it. It's silly. <laughs> it's it's just silly. I mean, how much cruise control at 123 miles an hour it is. You know, I mean, just effortless and just high bombs and usually pretty straight. Usually pretty yeah. accurate. Um, but he can he can spray it as they all can from time to time. Next one, DB Ricky versus Jordan. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer right now. <laughs> I feel like this is a softball. Um, I think you got to go Ricky. I mean, we still have not seen Jordan put four rounds together. We've seen him put two rounds together. We've seen him put two and a half rounds together since the fall swing and even even just last week. Um, but he's got to put four rounds together, and I, I think we're yet to see that. Now, you know, it, he's obviously got a lot driving him as he's fallen out of the top 50 in the world golf rankings. And I think, I think a driven Jordan Spieth is going to – I think we are going to see him bounce back. But I think overall – if you if you look back this time next year and look at all of 2020, I think you'll say Ricky had a little better year. I I'll agree with you on that with Ricky. I think it, it is a little bit of a softball. I'll say this though, especially in our you know in the the golf picking industry tout whatever you want to say, Jordan Spieth it seems to be hated on a lot, and and I'm just I'm not in that camp quite yet. I think he can still get his game back. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, David, I just haven't, you just can't, you haven't seen four rounds put together, but um, I'm still hopeful that he's going to have, he's going to have a pretty solid year. I, I just think, you know, when, when Jordan is, is competitive and he's competing to win tournaments, I think golf is better. It makes it more exciting. Yeah. Um, so I want that to happen. Um, but we've been saying this for a couple of years now and he, it just hasn't, you know, he said last year that he thought his game was coming around. Well, never really did. Um and he's saying it again this year. So we'll see. But overall, yeah, I think Ricky has a better year. I think he just gets tired chasing his ball. I mean, he's so erratic off the tee. You know, he <laughs> makes it work Thursday, Friday, you know, yes. to, to David's point. You know, he was four under last week. And then, you know, he goes he goes seven higher on the weekend. I and mean, I think it's just fatigue. I think he, you know, his short game is so good that he can make it work, you know, from time to time. But his ball striking has really slipped. First time out of the top 50 um, since his rookie season. Uh, I'm a little worried about Ricky, personally, just because he is going through some swing changes right now. Um, yeah. And um, that's never easy. Some pretty decent changes, too, that I think will take a little bit of time. Um, I expect hey. Jordan I expect Jordan to bounce back. I, I, I just – he's too much of a competitor. He's too smart of a kid. Um and I just, you know, I, I, I personally would like to see him maybe uh, seek a second opinion, perhaps something that would kind of trigger something for him to to change it up. It just feels like, you know, he could, you know, get things kind of in line a little bit technically, mentally and start to go again. And I think when he does go, I think he's a better player than Ricky. It's still hard to believe Ricky's only won five times on the PGA Tour. Yeah. I was just about to ask you if you if you could if you thought that if you would see Jordan changing from Cameron McCormick from a coaching standpoint. Well, I mean, I've been criticized for saying it before on the scorecard on Monday that um, I felt like it was time. I mean, Cameron McCormick's a great coach, great yeah. person. I mean, one of the best in the game. Um, but as a teacher doing this for 20 years, you have students where you kind of you start hitting blocks and you're not being as impactful as as you maybe once were. And um, I think that's all the teachers I've ever had. They, I think that happened. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I clearly, I mean, that's a good example. When I work with you, we it, it yeah. clearly, it clearly doesn't have an impact. Ever. You go, DB <laughs> goes through game. more. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that. Like you're, you're going to lose some and you're going to win some. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Perhaps something hasn't happened. Maybe it has. We don't know about it. I just, I'm hopeful probably maybe a, to a fault of, wanting Jordan to come back. Cause I do think he is a needle mover. I think outside of tiger Rory Phil, I think Jordan's right there as number four. I agree. Um, next one. You're gonna have to think you're gonna have to work on this one. Colin Morikawa versus Matthew Wolf. Either of you go more. Mm. Mm. I think that Morikawa is already, even though he's what 11 or 12 events in, which he's made the cut in all of them. One of the best ball strikers on tour. I mean, he is, extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Everybody said, okay, so, you know, one of the things when, when somebody plays with Tiger for the first time, you know, the, that's, there's always like, we talk about that when it comes to picks, like, is that going to affect them at all? Um, because we do, we do see it affect some players. Um, it didn't affect him that much last week at the farmers. I mean, he played pretty well those first yeah. couple of days. So I just think as far as an all around game versus, versus Wolf, I think Morikawa is the guy. I think there are going to be certain courses that are going to be better for Matthew Wolf, and I would probably take him over that over Morikawa that week. But it just all around, I, I definitely think Colin has has got a better game and will be more consistent and win more on tour. I mean, he he's not missed a cut since he came on the PGA Tour, wow. and it's not it's not just that, but I mean, even this just this season. So since the Safeway, he's played in seven events. He's got five top 25s and two top 10s in seven events. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, to me, it does come down to, I think both him and Wolf are both really good ball strikers. And, and maybe this is just a little bit of ignorance here. Um, I just see a swing like Morikawa's as more repeatable. More repeatable under pressure. More repeatable, you know, on Sunday at a major um, and just more dependable than, I, I know Wolf's swing is unique. I know that you know, a, a lot of it may not really impact. Some of it may not really impact the actual impact of the golf ball, but yeah. it just feels like Morikawa's swing is just absolutely pure, like a Patrick Cantlay, yeah. you know, t- kind of ball striker when he really needs it down the stretch. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's an impressive young player, and I think Wolf's got a little more of the sizzle, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know and watching him. But, I mean, Morikawa, I'll tell you what, I don't know what, it looks like but yeah kind of looks like he's got it you know i mean he yeah. just he looks like like a, a guy that kind of when he figures it out i mean he's gonna he, he's gonna go you know he's gonna he's gonna win tournaments when he plays great and he kind of looks like a guy that could win some tournaments you know maybe not playing great he's a smart kid he hangs around like he did last week and i think he'll clip off a couple of those too you know he's not gonna yeah. go too far away and he's gonna make a lot of cuts and hang around that leaderboard so yeah, it's fun. You know, Morikawa, Wolf, Victor Hovland, um, you know, these are these are some some young stars that uh, that'll be around for a while. Last one, 2020, who has the better year, Georgia Bulldogs or the Atlanta Falcons? Oh. <laughs> oh god. Um, <laughs> well, if Drew Brees retires, um, Panthers are in disarray. It's potentially the fact, I mean, it's there is a, I don't know. There's a chance the Falcons could could go at least to the playoffs on like a you know eight and eight record. 
if Drew Brees retires. Um, but I, I truly hope it's the Georgia Bulldogs in my heart. I hope it's Georgia. But, I mean, you got – I don't know. For for me, anything less than getting to the national title game is is not a good. I, I, that's just what I want. I don't care about SEC championships. I'm ready for a national title. And you know, with Clemson getting freaking Trevor Lawrence back and ETN back, I don't know, man. I yeah. don't. I don't have a whole lot of hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, you could say, uh, for for a lot of Georgia fans, we've gotten to the point that um, with Kirby Smart <laughs> and everything else that. It is kind of national championship or bust because yeah. we haven't seen one in a long, long time. Um, you know, the Falcons obviously broke our hearts a few years ago when they had that Super Bowl one. I think to answer the question, I'm going to say the dogs, but but obviously, you know, they're they're the uh, you know more of my heart is is with the dogs. But I do, if you'd asked me that like three weeks ago, I probably would have said the Falcons. But yeah, you know, they got this kid from Wake Forest, Jamie Newman, who's who's a grad transfer coming in to kind of be sort of a a quick stopgap with Jake Fromm leaving. So I think he could, I mean, he's already like, he's like fourth or fifth as far as odds to win the Heisman. I mean, so, you know, you get that guy coming in, our defense is going to be absolutely incredible again. They were young last year and they were one of the best defenses in the country. So I'm definitely going to, I'm going with my dogs here. Um, But that's, that's a heart play for sure. Yeah. Um, So all right, I think Falcons enough. need to draft a quarterback. Let's get yeah, same, same. Move yeah. on from Matt Ryan. Well, there's some good quarterbacks coming out. Um, yeah, we're we're about ready to go through a little drought here. Um, after Sunday, of course, the Super Bowl. No more football until we yeah. get back into August, September. But let's go back inside the ropes here. Back to golf. Um, you guys know a fair amount of players. You've had them on your podcast, the Tour Junkies podcast, and you know you've been at a lot of tournaments. Um, Give me a story or two. Who, who's who do you guys like out there? You know who, who's your who's your boy out there? I know you guys are. I know you guys are pretty close with Kisner and who else? Uh, Kis. Well, Pat's known Kisner for a long time, um, and Scott Brown uh, is another one. And they're both they've both been great to us since early on in the podcast when you know we didn't have a whole lot of credibility. They were they were good to us and have come on multiple times. Yeah, Charles Howell, Pat's Pat's known for a long time too. I mean. I mean, believe it or not, freaking Charles Howell and Pat used to beat balls next to each other on the range at Augusta Country Club. And Charles Howell's an ATM on the tour, and Pat's got the damn shanks half the time he gets out on the golf course. I don't know how, <laughs> right. you know, talk about nature versus nurture, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so Charles has been really good to us. Uh, Joel Damon is, uh, and his caddy, Gino, um, JT Poston and Aaron Fleener are four guys that, have been very good to us, and we love those guys. Joel is just an absolute gem of a of a human, and Gino, his caddy, uh, is pretty remarkable. They're some entertaining guys. So um, we we got a bunch of them. Those those guys are probably the closest. I don't know, Pat. Am I forgetting anybody? I mean, it used to be Bodich back in the day. He Bodich, kinda, Stephen he kinda, Bodich. Yeah, he right, kind of yeah. disappeared. Yeah, um, yeah he, he he's trying to make a little bit of a comeback. I've seen him on the Corn Ferry yeah. tour this year, but not playing well but well yeah joel damon Damon is the pride of clarkson washington um (laughs) that's right my very first teaching job was in clarkson washington right there in the snake river and uh he was very little when i was when i lived there but um yeah i I know exactly where he grew up and it's a great story he um has really come onto the scene and speaking of uh, atm machines he's right there with him yeah he's starting to make some money yeah he's doing really well he's just a great guy too and fun to hang out with and 
I like his easygoing just manner on the golf yeah. course. He's kind of yeah. like a Fre- like the new Freddie Couples to me. So yep. Any uh, funny stories with CH three there hitting balls, Pat? You got you? Uh, did you like give him any any advice tips on? <laughs> No, I mean, you know, back in the day, he was obviously a prodigy um, playing against Tiger. You know, I think he took him pretty deep in like the quarters of the U.S. Junior uh, at Pumpkin Ridge. Actually. Yeah. Um, Portland. Yeah. And so he he didn't really converse with us normal people all that much. Um, <laughs> but he's and, and actually I will say it, it for my age growing up, I think some folks sort of misunderstood him a little bit because because he was just that way. But now when you talk to him and we see him on tour or we've done interviews with him, he is just one of the most easy guys to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. He he absolutely loves golf. I mean, you can tell, I think when he's done with golf, he will certainly get into announcing or something if that's what he wants to do, because he's just, he's just a great guy and not at all kind of how he was back in, back in high school. But I do think I remember though, one time hitting balls next to him and he, and he, um, he he paid me a compliment. I can't remember what it was, but I I, I will. I, yeah. It was, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty nice to hear. So yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, multiple balls in the air. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, I think the best story we have of a player in the ropes would be the when I got to caddy for Baldo in the last two holes of the second round of the Players Championship uh, in nice. 2016. Yeah. Um, and that was just a, a freak thing. I won't tell the whole story, but he, he had to finish two holes on Saturday morning after getting called off the course on Friday. And he was like four shots away from missing the cut and or like nine shots away from missing the cut already. So, you know, he's going there as a formality and I caddied, unfortunately I didn't get to caddy 17 and 18 cause he started on the back the day before. So I caddied eight and nine and um he let me do it man it was just special for me just being a golf nut and i didn't care you know who it was for and what what we were doing i just to be able to like put a bib on and carry a bag during a a tournament round at the players was a pretty special thing for me and that's cool um he he was funny you know we started off on number eight which is like a 230 yard par three and uh you know he's like well good morning here huh i get to hit a hybrid as my first shot on the day and (laughs) He hits it in the bunker left greenside, and you know, I mean, I caddied at Augusta National. Like I knew how to, I, you know, I'm like, I know how to rake a bunker. I, I, I did this at Augusta, right? I get in there, start raking the bunker. About is like, hey, mate, uh, give me the, give me the rake, and he, and he starts raking his own <laughs> bunker because I wasn't doing it right, and uh, and he gets up and down saves par we go to number nine the par five. He blasts driver. He's the furthest one in his group from the middle of the fairway, like 260 out. And, um, oh, I did drop the head. I did drop the freaking towel on the way down. That was very embarrassing. Um, the towel fell off the bag. That was awful. Uh, but then we're standing next to his bag, waiting on the other two guys to hit. And, uh, he said, what, he said, what do you think here? And I said, uh, Hey, why don't you hit driver off the deck? Like what else we got to lose? I just, let's just, let's just give the people what they want. Let's do something (laughs) fun. Great great advice. And, uh, and he just didn't say anything, but so the last guy's getting ready to hit and I see him, he puts his hand on the driver head cover and I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do this. (laughs) And he pulls driver and I'm like, Hey man, one thing, don't put me in another damn bunker. And he's like, I got you mate. And he hits a sizzling drive. I mean, fantastic drive up the right side with a little draw. And I don't know what happened. It takes a horrible kick and goes into the left hand bunkers. (laughs) And I'm like, here we go again, Baldo. Like you put me in another damn bunker. Then he then he hits it out of that bunker to that little bitty like eight 
like what is it like eight square feet in that yeah. little front bunker on the hits it in that bunker and then gets up and down to save par. Um, and so I like to say that yeah, I, I dropped a towel, I screwed up raking bunkers, but in two holes, my player only had to make two putts, and uh, and that was it. And then he and then he helped me smuggle the caddy bib away from the tournament officials, so now it's hanging on my wall. That's very cool. That's a great story. Two holes, yeah. two holes, three bunker rakes, and two pars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And a driver off the deck. And a driver off the deck that you encouraged, and um, yeah. I'm sure. I clubbed a PGA Tour player at the Players' <laughs> Championship. Well, let's uh, let's transition, you know, since you're inside the ropes here, let's transition to your guys' uh, golf swing. We, uh, in golf games, uh, we've, well, I've seen um, the disasters that, that you two are on the golf course. <laughs> in fact, David, you know, yeah. I orchestrated uh, with Pat's help last year, which I still think was one of the best pieces of content that, uh, that I've been a part of on my site, an intervention. Um, I was just about to say, I think it was one of the best pieces of content you've ever done, <laughs> yeah. even though it was at my expense. It was it really it was, was well done. Yeah, I, it was, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was an or just for our listeners, um, orchestrated an intervention in, in David's swing. And it was stemmed because David sent me a text out of the blue, I think like 1030 at night after probably four or five drinks. <laughs> and he said, hey, I'm so tired of hitting it like crap. And what do you think? And I looked at it and then I compared it to the text that he sent me the year before and the text that he sent me. The year before. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Dang. the same exact golf uh, swing. So I decided, you know what? It's time intervention. I text Pat, we got a hold of your wife and we stepped in and we, yeah. and we wanted you to face the music, um, to take a step away from insanity. And can you give us an update? Are you still well steep? Super your follow up and from your follow up as a as a as an intervention team, your follow up is shit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you, you you made a lot of noise and you made a great video and you got a bunch of laughs on social, haha. But then you you your follow up was was garbage. Um, you know, I, I I'm I, clearly I'm not a quick fix, right? So I need I need a little bit of tender loving care. But uh, here's the deal. I am uh, I I've been famous for my early extension pelvic thrust at the golf ball. Um, oh, I didn't, called, I didn't see. I didn't see that. Oh yeah, of course you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and it's it's caused by an extremely steep move at the top, and then I just you know I gotta save it, you know, save it and flip it uh, at impact. But um, I've even made a T-shirt uh, that's an outline of my a silhouette of my early extension pelvic thrust um uh, that you can buy on our tourjunkies.com shop called the early extension so if you too suffer from the early extension you can buy a t-shirt and rock it with me however i will say i, I think i've honestly man i think i've kind of fixed myself a little bit I, i've grinded and um i'm not as steep and i've i think i've learned to keep my my pelvis back a little better and uh let my you know our boy our boy kisner gave me a really good tip one time and it's a you know he doesn't like to spend a lot of time giving tips as you could imagine um but he did look at a video of my swing one time and he felt felt bad for me and he said <laughs> he said david I, I have a all right so here's the thing I played baseball, right? And and I, I feel like I can feel my hands and arms and shoulders really well. Yeah. I don't feel anything on my at my lower half. Like, I might as well be a freaking paraplegic. I can't feel anything below my waist. If you tell me to do this with my hips or this with my pelvis 
I am never going to feel that. So whatever's going on down there, you're going to have to drill into me different. So I told kids that I'm like, I feel hands and stuff. He goes, all right, here's a tip. Hit your dick with the handle. <laughs> and you can bleed that out if you need to, but hit your, hit your hit. Imagine hitting your groin with the handle of a golf club on the way through. And I think that's kind of helped me like get the feeling of not having the high handle and the arms separated from my body and the humping motion, you know, it's kind of helped me a little bit. So am I still steep? Yes. Am I as steep as I was? I don't think so. Is that, is that an accurate description, Pat? Uh, I'll, I'll say so. I mean, and, and <laughs> DB will even call me every once in a while too, just in his frustration. Um, but he does, he's a grinder. He, he's, he, he is working on it. So I can tell you that for sure. Now, is it working? I, I don't know, but he is a grinder. <laughs> so he is, he is. I'll work. It. Yeah. I'll yeah. work. Yeah. Pat, Pat, when you, anal- when you analyze your own game and you look at what you're doing on the golf course, what percentage of shots do you feel like you are f- like fully concentrating on the task at hand? Mm. Oh, what percentage <laughs> of the shots? Yeah. Wow. I never thought about it that way. I mean, I feel like I'm not. <laughs> <honey. laughs> I don't know. Well, are you talking about of shots of liquor? Are you talking about shots of liquor or shots on the golf? Well, I mean, yeah. I'm talking like I'm talking like you're really engaged. Okay, so like I'm taking into account the wind. Yeah, um, I mean, just yeah, like man, I really, yeah, I, I really gave it all there. Twenty mm, <laughs> percent. <laughs> you know what? That's my theory. Like I think it is. I, I call I, I I always say it's eighteen percent. Um, where for most amateurs are like just like fully committed, you know, process, routine, the whole bit, right? Which is hard. I mean, it's hard to do. We're not professional golfers. It's very hard to stay completely engaged and committed, you know, all the way. You know, we have moments of it, but, you know, for if you're out there having fun, having a few drinks, not eating, um, you know, the right food and, you know, staying hydrated, it's hard. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough to, to fully engage um, mentally. How would you, what, how would you, uh, describe David's attitude on the golf course, Pat. Huh. Um, <laughs> but Pat, you're, you, you, you need to be honest with yourself on this one there, Pat. Your, your attitude on the golf course. Um, yeah. It's, oh, golly, I'm getting a tough question. I mean, <laughs> he's got a good attitude. I mean, Dave, David does not like throw clubs and do stuff like that. So, so he doesn't have like a, a temper on the golf course. Um, so you can, you kind of throw that out the window. Um, he's definitely serious about his game. I think he should relax a little more, maybe have a few more drinks, but that's just, that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> that's fair, David. That's it, fair. You know, it gets way worse when uh, I have too much. Yeah. I think that, and this is, this is a lot of us have this fault. Um, he has too high of an opinion like this. Uh, now this, you could, this could, we could talk for hours about this just on his personal self, not just on the golf course, <laughs> but God. has too high of opinion of what he should be doing on the golf course as versus Expectations. what, yeah, as, as versus what he is actually doing. Um, uh, so maybe if he like, you know, kind of lines that up a little bit. And even though he doesn't have a birdie on a hole or whatever, like, or doesn't have a one birdie in a round, like it really wasn't that bad. You know, I don't know. I think he could just, you know, relax a little more, you know, take small victories, you know, things like that. That's fair, David. That's fair. I think, you know, one of the biggest barriers in golf is 
super high expectations, little amount of time to practice. See, the bigger that gap, the more the insanity. And here we are again, David. Right? We're doing the same thing, expecting uh, different uh-huh. results. But it is true. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's like it's because the reality is, David, you've played in pad as well. You, you know, you've had those moments where you kind of you peak, you play extremely well, you're hitting the ball good. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, you know, yeah. you're, you're then you're down on the other end. But the reality is the way the bell curve works in golf. I mean, just simple math, like let's say you're a eight handicap, right? We'll just do simple here. I mean, eight handicap, and let's say your average score is like 80, 81. I mean, that's not exactly what it is, but let's say it's 80, 81. And then the bell curve kind of just goes, you know, it, it, it kind of starts to taper off from there, 82, 83, 84. Like you're going to shoot more 82s than you are 84s, but you're also capable of shooting an 85, 86, 87 once in a while. And then on the other side, you know, you're going to shoot a lot of 79, 78s, but you're also capable of shooting a 76, a 75, and occasional 74. So you have those moments of like, oh my gosh, there's my 74, 75. And then you turn it around and you shoot 83 and you're like, I'm inconsistent. And then they come to me and they spend money and it's great. But then I look at them and say, you're not inconsistent. That's the way the bell curve works. You know? Uh, so yeah. anyway, just a little bit of a little bit more therapy as we continue this intervention um, dialogue. And when I, the last thing I would ask is when I, when you guys watch one of my videos, instruction videos, and we talk about your games and I say, Hey, you guys should do this. Do you, do you guys, do you guys believe what I'm telling you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's not. I mean, listen, if if I if I can start squaring it up at impact and it going where I want it to, I will swing however the hell you tell me to swing. I'll swing on I will swing on one leg. I will swing. I will do I will chicken wing. I will do whatever you tell me to do if I do it and then it works. But it's, it's not about belief. It's about matching my body up to the positions that you're telling me to get into. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I don't you've know. never, you've never told me, buddy, that, that you've taken advice from me, right? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I've told a lot of people, man. I've told many people, look, Hey, listen, I am a, I am a golf, whore. I am a golf coach whore. I will, I will, I have banged many a golf coaches and by banged, I don't mean sexually. I mean, like I have hit up many a golf coach yeah. for stuff. You know, I, I, I make my round. So there aren't many out there. I haven't, I haven't been with, you know you're what like I mean? The, like, I, uh, is it Lydia code that changes the coaches? All You're like the Lydia co of, uh, yeah. the regular golfer. Like I, yeah, I've got I've I've got like STDs from so many so many golf coaches. Yeah. Like it's it's I've gone I've been around the block, you know what I mean? So Well, and one yeah. of them one of them John Tillery who yeah. uh, is up there, great guy. I actually talked to him last night for a little bit. He's working with Richie. <laughs> I did. Yeah. He, actually, he texted me back and we 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 caught up. He's out in Phoenix right now and um he's working with Ricky Fowler and it was good to, to catch up with him and I really like his style and uh smart coach but he he wasn't able to help you out either. Well, yeah, but okay. John <laughs> gave me when we were there, John gave me literally 30 minutes. And then Pat, we haven't even talked about how shitty Pat's swing is. My swing's way better than Pat. He he took Pat aside for like 90 minutes and worked with Pat and gave me literally 30. And <laughs> Well, I was still hitting it off the toe when he left. I don't let know. me just say, John that, has not worked with me. John has not worked with me. I think I think I'm more coachable than you are. Um, just just from a, you know a natural ability standpoint too. I mean, it's just one of those things. I grew up playing golf, and we talked about it. I was on, on the range with Charles Howell when I was a kid. So 
you know, I, and one thing I'll say about <laughs> you, you, Travis, I'm going to, I'm going to hype you here because okay, you do a very good job. At, like, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's being able to, to visualize what you're telling them to do, but you got to do it in a, in, in a way that they can, they can sort of, uh, they can project that or whatever. And you do a good job of, of, you know, making it simple, but helping you visualize what you need to be doing. And, and, and in order to do that, so like, what are my hands need to be doing? What do my feet need to be doing? But what do I, right. what is the thought process for that? You know, as opposed yeah. to just being really technical, which you, you can certainly get technical, but I, I, I learn better when it's just like, Hey, you know, Pat, you, you want to hit a little bit more of a draw. You're kind of coming inside out or whatever, swing, swing to right field or something like that. Like I can visualize, all right, I need to swing out more. I need to swing to right field or something like that. That's yeah. That helps me the most. All right, let's 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 finish up here with a little game. Um, call it "Would You Rather." Ready for this? Oh yeah, I love this. All right, here we go. So, would you rather have a beer with Tiger Woods or John Daly? Tiger Daly. <laughs> uh, that's very on brand for that. Would you rather play golf with Patrick Reed or spend quality time with your wives? Uh, I mean, I, I, I would rather play with Patrick. You would rather play golf with Patrick Reed than just quality time with your wife? Well, yeah, because I'm considering this obviously like a one-time <laughs> opportunity. So, like, if you know, if if I get a chance to play with with Reed, I I'll be like, honey, we'll do quality time another night, and she'll be like, oh, we had a date plan. I'll be like, I know, but it's Patrick Reed, like, you know, and I'll be in the doghouse for a few days to make it happen. Like, I would I would do that. I would love to play <laughs> golf with him, watch him, pick his brain, doghouse for a few days, talk to him about Justine and his family situation, or you know, the cheating thing. I would love that. I would I would love that. I'd ask for forgiveness on that one from the wife. He would not. I mean, it would not be anything like you expected. It'd be an awful, terrible day, and you'll want to take five showers when you're done. Uh, I would go quality time with the wife. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Pat, how about this one? Would you rather play golf with Kevin Kisner or have quality time with your wife? Oh, yes, for sure. (laughs) See, I don't know. Like, I love kids. I love Kiz, but you talked about John Tillery earlier. John Tillery has one of the best quotes about Kevin Kisner I've ever heard. If you okay. know Kiz on a on a somewhat personal level, and then you, you like John says Kiz is the most lovable asshole I know, and that is a hundred percent true. Kiz is a prick most wow. of the time, but he's very but he but he, he actually really just loves you. Like he, he he's yeah. just one of those guys. So like if I played golf with Kisner, I would get he would. Every golf swing that you would make in front of Kevin Kisner would be laughed at, scoffed, made fun of. He, he I mean, you would, you better have some thick skin hanging out with Kevin yeah. Kisner. Well, you better I'll, have some I'll real just, thick skin. Let me just say, I've I've played around with Kiz, so so I've actually done that before. And, and, oh, and oh, I've played around with Kiz. And, Look at and me. DB is I right. Balls with Charles Howell. DB is right. You do have to have thick skin, but he's a hell of a lot of fun to play with. So, what do you guys? You guys make a Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, let me let I, I'm I, okay with him, but but David, I can't stand him. Yeah. He is right now. He is the guy on the PJ Tour that I can't stand the most. And I am not being. I'm not being. Uh, um, I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm not trying to. I just don't like the guy. And I follow him. And I think if you follow him over the long, if you follow him on a long term basis, and you watch his posts on Instagram. 
you, re, you, you watch his press conferences, which, hey, we watch every Wednesday press conference that comes out on the PJ Tour. They usually interview four or five guys, 20 minutes apiece. We watch every one of them because sometimes you can get a nugget for, for fantasy or betting on that. If you listen to the tone of his answers, watch his face when he answers them, if you watch his Instagram, if you watch his Twitch stream, or if yeah. you just read the freaking headlines, this guy is so full of himself. I can't, I can't even stand it. His arrogance, I, I can't, I don't like it. I don't like the, I, I don't like the, the, he just, I, I, he just thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And he maybe, maybe he is, but he loves to tell people about it. And I just can't stand it. And, and well, I, I, it makes me sick. I well, don't like it. It sounds like it'd be fair to say you would be spending quality time with your wives on that particular on your, uh, on that particular round of life. I would love to I would very much tell Bryson it, it, if I had a chance I would tell him that you know hey dude you come off as a prick maybe you're not but you do um if you would like some PR advice l- allow me to help you I'll 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 be glad to do that for you All right fair enough on that note let's finish up here with some nice easy quick picks for the listeners here um you know fantasy golf is is exploding. People are betting on golf more than ever. Other sports, I would uh, highly recommend that you tune into these guys, the Tour Junkies podcast. I've been following them forever, known them forever. They know what they're talking about. Let's go uh, major number one. Who wins the Masters? Dave, go. Uh, I'm going to go. I think Justin Thomas wins the Masters. Pat? Well, you stole mine, so um, you, take, you can take JT because I'm going to hold this accountable to you guys throughout the oh, year. Great. So. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say JT also. Okay. JT, it is. He wins his second major championship uh, to go along with his PGA. Speaking of the PGA, who wins uh, the PGA? DeChambeau? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> uh, PGA. I like. I like Rom. Ooh. That's a good one. Um, yeah. that, that is a really good one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Rory. Okay. And uh, the PGA this year at TPC Harding Park out in San Francisco. That'll be fun. I love West Coast golf. Isn't it great? Just watching it. At yeah, eight. it is nice. Yeah. yeah. I like those picks. Rom, Rory. I think Rom. Clips off his first major this year. Next one, U.S. Open. I I tend to like the grinders here, um, and I, I think one of my favorite grinders is Patrick Cantlay. I, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for Cantlay. I love the ball striking ability, um, and uh, so I'll go Cantlay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go a little outside the box here, and not necessarily outside, not that far out. But I'm gonna go. You talk about a ball striker, another good one. I'm gonna go Tommy Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to get one, doesn't he, Fleetwood? You just think he's got it. Yeah, he's got it. Can he can he do enough late, you know, um, to get that major championship? U.S. Open at Wingfoot, right up in uh, up in New York this year. Yep. Final one. The Open Championship Royal St. George. I think uh, if he stays healthy, which apparently right now he is, and um, I think he wins his second Open Championship, and that's Henrik Stenson. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. This is where I think you're going to see uh, John Rahm win his first major. Wow. No Tiger. Plays good over there. No Tiger. Good for you guys. 
we're trying, you know, we're trying to give you something. I mean, yeah. other than your your favorite. Yeah. No, um, I like it. I like it. Yeah. These are uh so uh DB, JT, Rom, Cantley, Stenson, Pat, JT, Rory, Fleetwood, Rom. I like those guys. You're the best. All the best with uh this explosion of fantasy golf. Um, I'm gonna be sending people uh, your way, the tour junkies podcast each and every week. When does it uh when, when do you guys post it? When does it go live before the tournament? We usually uh, publish the episode around 11, 11 p.m. Eastern on uh, Monday nights. And so, obviously, you can listen to it on your commute Tuesday morning or whatever. Um, so, yeah, check it out before uh, before the, the, the ball's in the air on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, give it, a, give it a listen. Love it. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere, anywhere you can go. Great stuff. David Barnett, Pat Perry, the Tour Junkies. Guys, thanks for uh, – being a part of the stripe show i appreciate it thanks for having us travis love it man thanks we'll be in touch thank you for tuning in to this episode of the stripe show podcast i'm travis fulton we'll see you next time